unstable. Oh yes, no label. Oh yes, you know me. I have only a past. I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win. Yeah. What is up? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a look behind the curtain with Chris Celeste. Today, we have episode 11 of season two, and I cannot be more excited. I guess you guys are probably telling that's kind of a trend, right? I love what I get to do here on this show. Uh, you know, when I first launched it, I was really like the mind, the mindset behind it, like back in 2019, when it first launched was, how do I get to share these amazing conversations, all these amazing tips and hacks and tricks that these amazing people are sharing with me? How do I share it with the world? And it became really apparent to me yet again, about obviously 11 episodes ago, that I'm still having these amazing conversations, but I was being selfish and I was keeping them to myself. And so the gentleman here is one of those people who I've had the amazing opportunity to have conversations with online, watch his growth, watch his journey. And honestly, I'm really geeking out about being able to dive into it with you guys here tonight to actually learn how it is he's been able to accomplish so many amazing things and you guys get to hear about it too. So really excited about that here tonight. Uh, but before we do dive in, a couple of little bits of housekeeping we always have to go over. And so first off, you're watching this on YouTube. So I would really appreciate it if you go down and hit that subscribe button for me. It means a lot to me. It costs you nothing and it helps the channel grow, helps me get more content out to benefit the world. So I really do appreciate that. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. And if you're loving the content, do yourself a favor, hit that uh, little bell and hit all so that you can never miss anything that's moving forward. And the second bit of housekeeping I always want to share with you guys, is I'm using a bit of technology called StreamYard. The reason I use this rather than just streaming directly onto YouTube is because I get to actually interact with you in real time as you're engaging with myself and the guest who is going to be Mike Collier here tonight. I'll tell you all about him in just a second. But as you can see, Liam Wisner, the other half of OVF, is on here tonight with us supporting. And I can see his name. I can see his picture. I can see his comment. Interact with him directly. And we love interacting with you guys. We love hearing your comments, hearing your takeaways. So definitely engage. Drop your comments. Tell us if you like it or don't like it. We'd love to hear these things. Don't be shy. Definitely comment away. Now, one last thing before we do. What's up, Matt Kelly? Good to see you, brother. We were just talking earlier, and I just want to let you know your, your veteran that you sent our way is fully taken care of. He's set. We're good to go. He will be in good hands, brother, and I appreciate that referral. Um, what up, Sam? Good to see you, brother. And he's saying, what's up to you, Liam? Uh, Sam Jam, what is up, brother? And so what I want to share with you guys here tonight is this show is not possible without the amazing OVF, which is mine and Liam's company, Operation Veteran Freedom, and more so the sponsor here tonight that makes this entire show possible and allows me to share these amazing people with you for absolutely no cost to you um, is the DD214 Secrets, which is our highly acclaimed book that you can get for free, a digital version for free in the descriptions right now um, that reveals a proven step-by-step -step Barney-style framework for rediscovering your purpose, creating success, building community, and finding a new mission once you ETS, once you get your DD214 and officially leave service. So if you are struggling and you are now transitioning or about to transition out of any form of service, whether it's law enforcement, you know, uh, first responder, anything to do with military, this book is meant for you and it is the sponsor of today. So definitely go down into the comments, grab yourself a free copy. What is up, Doc Dave? Always good to see you. 
Uh, we got Mike, who I was just talking about. Uh, so many amazing people on here tonight, guys. Definitely keep the comments rolling because tonight's guest, like I mentioned earlier, I'm super excited about. I've been able to, it, it, it's been mind blowing this journey in these last five years. What I've been able to do um, it's been absolutely amazing. But the reason that I even push forward every day, the reason that OVF has become such an unstoppable force is because of gentlemen like you're going to meet today. Okay, those who have served, but also realize that there's more that we could be doing after service. There's more that we could be doing to be giving back to the community, whether it's a veteran community, whether it's wives and daughters and, and the everyday person living safer, like we're going to talk about with Mike here tonight. No matter what it is, People like Mike here tonight are the reason that OVF is such an unstoppable force here today. And so let's dive into a little bit about Mike and really get to dive into his amazing story. So one of the things I love about Mike more than anything is that he's super accomplished as an entrepreneur. He's been on five tours as a special forces veteran in the United States Army. But the number one thing that he talks to me about and when we gave me his bio that he shared with me was his love for family. And so you may have noticed if you read the post that I did for today, the number one thing I wanted you guys to know about for his amazing accomplishments is that he's a, he has an amazing wife who truly supports him in everything he does. But not only that, he's a very proud father of a son who's following in the collegiate ba uh, baseball footsteps of him and his grandfather. He's got daughters that are doing amazing in school. But on top of that, he owns a self-defense company, Tactical Defense, that we're going to dive in here to tonight, that's actually helping empower fathers, daughters, sons, mothers to live a safer life with all the evil that's truly out there in the world. Um, he also owns an apparel company called Ballistics Matter, which is giving back to the veteran community, which we're going to be talking about here again tonight. And found out later in life, 34 years old to be specific, that he was type 1 diabetic and has actually taken it on to become a mission to empower others to help build like to build a better medical care around that to help them manage that disease to speak more specifically with moving that into the future so he's helped made himself very health focused instead of letting that crush him he's made it something that empowers him and i can't wait to share this man's story with you guys here tonight so do me a huge favor in the comments please help me welcome to tonight's call mike <laughs> Collier, what is up, brother? What is up, brother? How are you, man? I'm doing outstanding. I, I'm living in my passion. I'm getting to chat with amazing people. We've got some really amazing people in the comments right now. And, you know, I'm just so grateful. So grateful to have you here. Likewise, man. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, like you said, we've, we've spoken many times over the last year or so since I met you. Um, so it's nice to virtually meet you uh, face to face here for the first time. Um, and thanks for having me on. So hi to everybody out there. I'm um, looking forward to this. Absolutely. And uh, you're getting lots of lots of love in the comments. Lots of welcomes, lots of uh, people giving you some love. So one of the things that I love to start every show off, especially if it's your first time on, is just give us a little bit of like that that brief backstory. Um, I know you're born and raised in Florida, but not everybody knows that. So let's hear you know, where do you come from? What were your dreams as a young child, ultimately leading up to you joining the military? All right, perfect. Um, you know, like you said, born and raised here in Florida. Um, I was a preacher's kid. Dad was a pastor. Mom played piano in church, the all-American family. Um, you know, I played every sport pretty much growing up. My goal, my, my dream as a child was to be a professional baseball player. 
Um, just something I'd always wanted to do. Played all through high school, got to go to college and play. Um, I decided my senior year of high school, I was going to leave the sunny Florida weather and go up to Indiana and play baseball, which I have no clue why I did that. But uh, went up there, played, froze my butt off for two years. Um, it was during that time, my parents, you know, growing up, all my friends, you know, their parents were getting divorced. They were kind of used to that life. My parents stuck it out. So I thought I had, you know, this amazing foundation and it kind of sent me off to college with this I can do anything attitude. I'm going to go shine. I'm going to go play pro ball, all this stuff. Next thing I know, sophomore year, I find out my parents are getting divorced. Now, this was like a shocker to me. This is like, you know, ripping the whole foundation because I thought, no way, no way these two. And once that happened, I kind of went into like my first spiral of my life. Um, just stopped going to class, kind of lost all motivation. You know, in turn, not going to class, scholarship went away. <laughs> so baseball kind of ended abruptly for me. Um, and I moved back to Florida in 98. And, you know, I had a series of, you know, jobs and things I was doing just to kind of keep it all together. And didn't really have any direction, didn't have any purpose, didn't have any meaning to my life. It was just more like survival mode. And, you know, I remember we had a, a really rich tradition of military in my family. My uncle was a colonel in the Pentagon, 26 years, tank commander, you know, Mr. Military, went to West Point, just, you know, clean cut, all American army guy. My grandfather, you know, served in Korea, um, uncles and aunts, all kinds of people in the military. So at the time, the reason I did it was not a good reason. It was, it was kind of like a fallback. Well, I've got no direction. I've got nothing else. I'm going to show everybody, you know, I kind of got this reputation of being like a, uh, kind of, I guess a slacker would be the right term, just kind of drifting and, and surviving. Got in with some crowds. Um, I never got arrested or anything like that. I just started hanging out with, you know, some not so great people. And just by association, I started getting in some situations that, you know, was not in line with how I was brought up and the person that I was. So I saw the Army as like, you know, I'm just going to show everybody. I'm going to go down there and sign up and take the ASVAP and, and ship off. And uh, <laughs> I remember telling my family for the first time. And, you know, I got mixed mixed feelings from that. And I'll never forget my, my grandfather, before he passed, he lived down on the uh, Hillsborough River in Tampa. And I sat down there with my uncle and my grandfather. And I'll never forget, man, you got to understand, this guy was like straight military, you know, can't wear your hat inside everything. And he looked me dead in my eye and he said, if you mess this up, I will kick your ass myself. And I just remember like my eyeballs got so big. And it's like right in that moment, I realized what a massive decision I just made. And, you know, shipping off the basic, I went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Uh, I was a communications guy and I found out very quickly that the basic training portion wasn't what I built it up to be in my mind. It was, it was, it was kind of easy on almost in a way, but the discipline that I learned, the structure that I got that I hadn't had for like the past two or three years, just opened my eyes to a whole new world. And that's when I realized like, okay, I'm in the right place. So, you know, went off, did AIT, jump school, all that good stuff. 
got stationed at Fort Bragg. And I was a 31 Foxtrot. I was communications. I was headed to the 112 Signal Brigade. And the day of in processing, I'll never forget, my name got called. And they said, you've been reassigned to 7th Group. I had no idea what that was. I didn't. I, th- I thought getting my name called, I was in trouble or something. And that kind of set the, the trajectory for where I would go over the next six years. Um, got to do some incredible training, meet some incredible people that I stay in touch with to this day. Um, and, you know, during that span, I got married very young. I was 23. My wife was 18. And, you know, we just had that dream, you know, we're going to move off base and start a family and do all this stuff. And, you know, we ended up having three kids together and I got out of the military in 2004. The original plan was to do four years and, you know, maybe get some more college money out of it and go back to school. And 9-11 happened and it kind of struck a chord with, with all of us. I mean, we just had so much emotion, anger, you know, disbelief, all these things that were, you know, kind of happening at once. And I reenlisted on that day. So, you know, then the deployments kind of escalated and there wasn't a lot of turnaround time between the appointment, the deployments. So that put a strain on the family. And, you know, luckily I was a communications guy. So, you know, I missed pretty much the first two years of my son's life. Um, pretty much got to know him over a webcam. So, you know, I was grateful for that, but it's tough. And when we found out we were pregnant with our second, that's when I decided I was going to move on. And, you know, that period of my life, that six years is to this day, you know, this year will be 18 years since I got out. And to this day, that that brotherhood, that camaraderie, that that experience of traveling to different countries, you know, working with foreign nations, working with their their military, working with my guys, you know, that that definitely set the pace for the rest of my life and how I was going to, you know, how I was going to be and the person I was going to be. So <laughs> fast forward and I'll wrap this portion up. Uh, 2004, I get out, went into the civilian world, tried my hand at a couple different things. You know, I had a job waiting for me. I, I actually got licensed to be an insurance agent. And to me, it was absolute misery. <laughs> it was like it was this is not what I was made for. And I did that for about a year and just kind of said, nope. And, you know, kind of did some odds and ends things, just some construction. I worked for a chemical company um, as a route salesman driving a truck. And then I was like, man, I've got my GI Bill money. Like, what do I want to do? And I'd always had a passion, you know, growing up playing sports. I actually went to college to be an athletic trainer. Um, So I said, I want to be a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So I went to the National Personal Training Institute. I know tons of, of trainers out there that did the online route and took the test and have gone on to be phenomenal trainers. They've, they've studied, they've, they've done their research. But I wanted to have something like, like tangible. I wanted to have like a diploma. I wanted to have a degree. So I went and became a personal trainer and nutritionist in 2008. And I went into the world of you know training clients. And I had a huge passion for it. And 2012 is when I got diagnosed as a type one. And, you know, that kind of shook my whole world. I had just recently gotten divorced in 2010. We kind of came to the end of our path. Um, But we had three amazing kids from the deal. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. It it was definitely not the right decision, but it led to, you know, my three amazing kids. And I wouldn't change that. So in the span of two years, I have this big 
nasty divorce going on. I, I dropped 60 pounds in two months. Wow. And I said, something's not right here. And it's like all the signs from the things I knew to be diabetes were there, but I had no family history of type one or type two. So I just said, can't be, there's no way. And next thing I know, I'm at the VA and they run my blood work and said, you're diabetic, your pancreas is dead. So I had to make a decision right then and there, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and be depressed? And I did go through some of that. I went through some, some pretty dark times. Um, you know, my first thought was I'm going to die, you know, probably 50 or 60 from this, you know, that, that, that to me, I'd never experienced that feeling even on deployments, never really had that feeling. And, you know, that's when I had to make the decision that I'm going to fight this. I've got three kids that depend on me, but more importantly, I depend on them. You know, they're my go. They're, they're what makes me go. So, um, it's been an adjustment. It's been a big life change for me, but you know, I've gotten to the point where I've, I've managed it pretty well and I'm staying healthy. Um, and that, that pretty much brings us up to, uh, to the present, man. Wow. I mean, the first off, Mike, just thank you. Uh, just for your, your true, just humble honesty there with everything that like so many people will sugarcoat certain things and like kind of try to skip the details. So just first off, just thank you. Cause there's just so much that you just shared with us in just like the first couple of minutes that we were chatting. Um, and so let's go back and kind of, first off, I want to just touch on something and I do want to go back and kind of break down some more of that. But um, for the viewer, if you guys have been watching since season two started, you just noticed some serious through lines and commonalities, right? That, that Mike brought up that you can probably go back and watch like Richard Kaufman's episode, Liam Weisner's episode, hearing from me, like there's some some serious through lines that happen here. 9-11 being a huge component into why a lot of us found that extra gear inside of us to keep moving forward or to, to be better our lives or join the military. Um, just on a personal note, Mike, uh, you know, growing up, I played a lot of sports also. The only sport I stuck through varsity level all the way through high school was baseball. It was the only one I played. I was right field all through high school. I did snowboard, but we didn't have a you know, a varsity level for that. So um, right. I just got sponsored and stuff. But anyway, um, you know, it's it's always really the reason I bring all of that up is because no matter how different we are, right, we all have different interests, hobbies, backgrounds, experiences, ethnicities, religions, all these different things that could be different. But we are at a core just so similar, right? We're human beings. We have relatively similar experiences. We have to overcome those experiences. And yes, yeah, some of them are more extreme, right? Combat, trauma, things like that, a bit more extreme. Um, but ultimately, I love everything you just said. And even more so because like, it just really cements to me that like, we all are just one human race and we're just trying to figure this shit out together, you know? And that's, that's really, really cool. Absolutely. <clears throat> so one thing I want to go back on and kind of touch on um, you know, your military career, how long were you officially in the, in the military? How long were you in for all together? Six, six years, eight years, <clears throat> six, eight years, five tours, South America, Central America. What would you say? And I think I may, I might have some lag or I might've lost you. You still there? I'm still here. All right. Yeah. The picture's just cutting out then. So what I, would you say? Six years. Six years, five tours, so back to back to back to back. Um, 
sorry, yeah, there was a little bit of a connection issue there. Uh, what would you say was the hardest part for you transitioning to civilian after such back to back to back consistent structured military life? Um, I, honestly, I, I think that that pretty much answers, you know, what you just asked is, is the answer, you know, being used to that type of, of schedule and that type of, you know, back to back type deployment, you kind of get in a groove, you kind of get in this, like you're, you're, you're deploying, you're coming back, you're recovering, you're, you're prepping and then bam, you're gone again. So that, that camaraderie, I mean, you know what it's like, I mean, leaving the family's hard. That was definitely the hardest part, but there's a sense of, of I'm going to be okay. Cause I got my brothers here. There's the joking. There's, there's just the silly stories. I mean, that stuff keeps you going when you're on yeah. these trips. And, you know, I, I tell a lot of my buddies now that one of the things that I've had a really hard time finding since I've been out is that level of brotherhood, that, that camaraderie. And, you know, I've made, I've stayed in touch with a, a lot of these guys and made some really good friends yourself you know, some of these guys that have been through the same things before. And like you said, we've got this commonality. We've got this in common where we might have been in different units. We might have been in different parts of the world, but we still have that one thing together. We went overseas. We volunteered to to fight for our country, basically. And coming back home and, and as, as much as we all wanted to be civilians at the time, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to go to the beach every weekend. All this stuff, there's a there's a whole, there's a part of you that's not there anymore. Right. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I actually did try to go back in, in 13, just because I missed it so much. You know, I was, I was divorced. I was like, well, why not? And because I was a type one now, I couldn't go back in. Right. So now you're taking someone who's still, you know, physically able to do all the things who's still, you know, mentally capable to, to go back into that type of, of world and telling them, no, you can't. Mm. So it was just a whole nother level to that, like kind of disappointment and that, that rejection basically. Yeah. And, you know, so I would say that would be the hardest part is just when you get into that type of, of routine and now you've got to create it yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not so much that I needed someone to hold my hand or walk me through it, but when it's set in front of you and you know, the mission, you know what you've got to do. Now you're coming home. Like, where do I go? What do I do? It's almost like you're over, you're over uh, excited to do something and the pace slows down a lot. So I think that was pretty difficult to adjust to at first. I love that you brought that up because like that's, I think that's the big thing. I know it was for me personally too, where, you know, it's, it's like what I got to hold myself accountable now. There's no one telling me what to do. And we find like, those of us that, that do move on and, and figure things out, which I hope is everybody, especially if you're listening to this, I know it's you because you wouldn't be if you didn't want it, but you know, we figure it out, right? We like figure out like, okay, well, uh, no one's telling me to do it. So maybe I put things in place that hold me accountable there. Like I, I say to my children, which is a huge uh, accountability piece for me. If I tell my kids, I'm going to do something. I don't ever want them to think that I'm not a man of my word. I don't ever want to lay that example on them. I don't ever want them to think it's okay to back out on a promise or giving someone your word and breaking it. Right. And so if I give them my word, it has to happen. And so I set myself up for success when I say, you know, this is that. And I, the same thing with other areas of my life as well. And I'm sure you're very much similar, you know, when your word is bond, I can tell that about the kind of man you are. Um, so you get out, 
you're kind of struggling for that brotherhood, looking for that, longing for that lost brotherhood, like many of us are. How does that transition into you becoming the amazing entrepreneur you are today? How did that fuel that? Honestly, the 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 best answer I can come up with is fear. Mm. I was afraid because you know it, mentally for me, I'd now been out of the military for several years. You know, going on eight years, nine years. And I was in like this survival mode. I always had enough money to get by. I always had, you know, enough money to live. But was that what I was meant to be? I said, there's got to be something more. You know, my last success was was in the military. I found that like I found my groove. I found my team. I found the guys that I was supposed to be with. And before that, baseball was it. Sports was it. So here I am, you know, now in my early 30s with really nothing to show and just working for other people, you know, showing up, clocking in when, when they say to getting paid, when they, when they hand over the check. And I'm just like, there's gotta be more than this. Mm -hmm. And I found myself just like afraid to succeed. Oh, wow. And you know, it, it's kind of funny because I I'm a firm believer that every single thing in your life, whether it's good or bad, when it happens to you, there is a purpose. There's a reason and there's, there's a little push there that if you listen, you will go straight to where you're supposed to go. And we got to do the work. We got to do the paddling and the rowing. But that direction is going to be given to you. You know, I went into training for about eight years full time. And then COVID hit. So, you know, I, I never had the desire to own a gym. I didn't want to deal with all the, the hassle of owning a gym. So I was a trainer in three different gyms. I worked in a box gym. I worked in a little studio. And I worked at a baseball facility, you know, teaching young kids for like camps and, and lessons. So I would just kind of make my rounds and pay rent and bring my own clients to that facility. Well, when COVID hit, all those places closed down. So now I'm a trainer with clients, but nowhere to train them. Mm. So I, you know, and this is, this is not a knock, you know, you'll, you'll find out with me that like, I say things that I feel and it's never intentionally to like offend anyone. You know, I don't apologize if, if my beliefs do offend someone, but it's never going to be intentional. Right. And, you know, I, I just said, cause there were a lot of people that depended on it and needed it. But I said, I'm not going to take a government handout. I'm not going to take free stimulus money just so I can stay home. I need to work. I need this for my, my mentality, for my psyche. I need this. And so I went back to what I did as, as a teenager and I started detailing cars again. And, you know, I figured the people who had money still wanted clean cars, whether we were on lockdown or not. And, and I did pretty well. But, you know, one thing that was different being, you know, now 40s compared to a teenager is that as a diabetic, like you get worn down really quickly. Mm. And I found that, you know, especially with my son playing baseball, like I can still throw with him. I can still hit with him. I can still train and do all the stuff. But the recovery time is that much harder. Oh, okay. You know, so, you know, I might go on a ruck march just one morning for fun and sleep for 12 hours. Mm. It, that's been the battle with me is like battling the recovery physically wise. Because no matter what I eat, no matter how I take care of myself, that that diabetes is always going to be there. You know, yeah. and, and I truly appreciate the 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 well-meaning people that have reached out to me over the years and like, you know, if you eat this, if you do this diet, if you do this, dude, I'm a type one, I'm not a type two. I, I have a dead pancreas. So 
I eat healthy, I exercise, and I still get worn down. It's just something I've got to deal with. So the the detailing really started to wear me down on a daily basis. It was fantastic money, but just wore me down. Yeah. And, and you know, this kind of leads into I don't know which one you want me to talk about first because tactical defense came first and ballistics yeah. matter second. Um, one of the guys, my, my really good dear friend, Dan owned one of the gyms that I, that I trained my clients in. And about three years ago, he had gone to a seminar with Tony Blauer. And I don't know if that name rings to you, but he, I mean, you, you know who he is, fantastic teacher, you know, martial artist for over four decades. And he basically like kind of created this system, this program to, translate violence and how violence occurs to how our body responds both physically and psychologically. And it's not just about a move or a, an art or a form of martial arts. It's about how does your body react in when there's that sudden stimulus, when your heart rate shoots up and you lock up and you freeze and you lose those uh, uh, fine motor skills that you have. And one of my favorite quotes that Tony says is movement is mental. Mm. And not only did this help me in my journey to, you know, becoming an instructor for, for self-defense and like real world scenarios, but in life, you know, I'm sitting here, like I, like I said a few minutes ago, like, what's my purpose? Where's my direction? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be, you know, just working nine to fives and running routes for people? Like, it's great. It's honorable, but that's not what I see myself doing. That's not how I see myself. Me running a truck the same route over and over is not going to affect anyone's life. They might get what they need for that day or that week, but how am I impacting anybody doing this? And that was kind of like my, I need to stop. I need to do this. So about three years ago, Dan came to me and he's like, Hey man, I just got certified with Tony Blauer. Would you take my course? Just kind of like a Guinea pig, like just come take my course. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I, you know, I've, been practicing hand to hand for 25 years, but I've never done anything like this, man. Eye opening. This wow. stuff is so cool because it's not about a move. It's not about a technique. It's not about a, an attack. It, it's all about using your, your body's reaction and, and turning it into something tactical. And my eyes were open. I remember telling him, I wish I knew this two decades ago. This is phenomenal. So he asked me if I would come and start doing classes with him kind of like as an apprentice, as basically a punching dummy for, for, <laughs> for, for yeah. his drills. And I said, yeah, man, you know, I, I figured it was good experience and, and whatever. So after about a year and a half of doing that and really seeing the benefit of it, I decided I was going to go and actually take Tony's instructor course mm. up in Brooklyn and, and become certified as an instructor. And I mean, it was, it was three straight days of, of craziness and bumps and bruises, but um, Tony himself actually showed up and nobody knew he was coming. He only comes to a few a year and he was there. So I got to actually train in person with, with the creator of the system. And it turned into, you know, everything evolves. It, it turned into, man, I can really see myself doing this. This is great. I believe in this. I believe in safety to us starting to do classes. And we teach, man, we, we taught a 55 person uh, male class from Germany. Oh, wow. These, these massive German guys coming over and like learning how to like use their body and fight. And then we've done a class for all the females that work for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, it, it's been very dynamic in the different groups that we've done. But the more females started to come to this class, 
every November we do a class called uh, Fotada. And it's a National Women's Safety Day class that we do free of charge for any any female and their, their kids that want to come, their daughters. And we've done three of them now. And when I started to hear these people, it became more than just teaching self-defense. These ladies were now sharing with us in class. It's about a four or five hour class. They would stand up and tell their personal stories mm. of how they'd been attacked or, or abducted or mugged or even raped in some cases. Mm. And when you're hearing people like, break down in front of you, you're a total stranger to them. And they're telling you their life story because they want to be safer. Yeah. They want to learn how to never let that happen again. And more importantly, not let that happen to their children. I mean, dude, it, it, it hit me, man. I mean, I'm sitting there like tearing up in class, like what's wrong with me. And that's when I realized, dude, I've got a bigger connection to this. And this is why this is my why now to why I want to teach self-defense. My girls are teenagers now. And they've both been through the course. They absolutely loved it. They tore it up. But, you know, they need to understand that while the same things are going on now that went on in my lifetime, it's more it's more compounded now because of technology. It's more exposed now. And, and it's not that it's happening more, but it's happening more in the public eye. Yeah. So people are seeing this stuff like, oh, my gosh, I've heard stories about this, you know, when I was a kid, but just never this much. So now with all these kids wanting to be influencers and wanting to be on Instagram and wanting to be popular, yep. that's where I said, man, these guys have got to get trained, you know, especially the females. Yep. And the the reaction, the feedback we've gotten from some of the ladies and, and young girls that have come to this class is just unbelievable. And that's that's kind of fueled my passion in in that. But, you know, one of the things Tony said that really stood out to me was, you know, no fear is bullshit. That whole line is 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 a crock, mm -hmm. because whether you believe in fear or not, it exists. Right. It doesn't really care what you believe. So what he did was he took no fear and he added a K and a W and called it no fear. Mm -hmm. If you understand fear and where it comes from and how your body reacts and the choices you have to make in that split second, if you're a pacifist and you just do not believe that violence exists and you get beaten within an inch of your life in an alleyway, Violence doesn't care what you believe. Right. And that's the sad reality of, of why we do what we do. We don't want violence. I hate violence. But I'll be damned if my kids or my wife or my mother are going to be left out without the proper training on what to look for and what to do if it does escalate to that scenario. So that's the whole purpose behind tactical defense. That's our mission there. That's the reason why I I do what I do. And, and Dan, my, my business partner does, you know, what he does. We believe in this. We're not trying to make a ton of money by, by running self-defense classes. We want to keep people safe. Right. And what we do is if, if someone comes to a class and they pay, they come back free for it. Mm. It's basically a membership. So any class that we have in that calendar year, come back. You're welcome. Come brush up, come take the class again. If there was something you didn't get or wasn't clicking that first class, I promise you, if you really absorb it and you let it in, you're going to get it. Mm. And it's going to be that light bulb moment. And that's what we want. We want women to feel empowered. We want them to feel confident. So when they're out there walking to their car, they're aware that they're a, a, a confident looking person and not a target. Yeah. And you know, 90 percent of these these scenarios, possibly more, could be avoided just by situational awareness and, and making yourself not a target. And that's what we teach. We teach to to basically detect if something's going to happen, 
to diffuse it if you feel like it is happening, your de-escalation with your words, with your, your nonverbal movements, and then if it comes down to it, to, to defend. Yeah. And that's the, that's the process that we teach in these courses. And I believe in it 100%, and it's just been a blessing, man. And, and if all that stuff hadn't happened, I just look back at the timeline. That's, that's the coolest part about this whole thing. I look back to getting out of the military, all these jobs, the connections I made that led to the gyms I trained in, the clients that I had. If I hadn't met these people along the way and I hadn't trained in that studio and I hadn't met Dan, I'd, I probably would have never done this. And, you know, that, that kind of ties in perfectly to, to how Ballistics Matter came about. Um, same gym. I'm training in Dan's studio and I met a woman about four or five years ago and I started to train her. And after about six months, the results were getting really good. She brought her husband in. And so I started doing couples training. I'm like, this is awesome. And found out that he was in a Ranger Battalion and he was a veteran and we just clicked. We hit it off. Um, and, you know, I ended up training his, at the time, five-year-old son. Oh, really? I'm, I'm a golfer too. So I started giving his son golf lessons. Oh, cool. And so we just got really close and became friends with that family. And I remember it was last September about not even, barely six months ago, I'm getting ready to go down to Miami. And I've got some veteran buddies down there and they do some tactical training, a company called TACFIT. And, you know, we do medical training. We do like a CrossFit cross training type, you know, tactical stuff as well as shooting and movement drills too. So I told, you know, this kid's dad, my buddy Kevin, that I'm going to go down and we talked about, well, why don't you take my rifle down and zero it for me? I just got a new sight on it and I'm all right, cool. So Friday night, I pick up his gun. I'm headed to Miami about halfway down. Now, keep in mind, I've had this dream to do apparel since I was about 15. Mm -hmm. I was the world's biggest Jordan fan growing up. I mean, I had black carpet in my room. My walls were black. I had this huge, like, red jump man painted on my wall that I did. <laughs> so, I mean, my whole thing with Jordan was crazy. And I remember seeing these kids show up to school and they had like these like almost like graffiti type T-shirts that they made with pins and markers. That was kind of big in the 90s. I was like, man, that's really cool. You know, I've never been a technical person with, with computers and stuff, but I've been a very visual creative person. I can see stuff. And I said, I could do that. And then I just said, man, so many people have shirt companies. So many. That's the fear again. Right. There's 100,000 apparel companies in the U.S. Like I'd never stand out. So for 30 years, I put this on the back burner. Mm. So fast forward to September, I'm driving down to Miami and I, I texted Kevin, like voice texted him. And, and I said, hey, man, you know, I know you've probably zeroed your weapon in different ways. I'm going to zero it at 36 meters. And here's why. So I'm going through the explanation on the shock groups and all the stuff like that. And I just kind of text him. I said, because ballistics, right? And, you know, I'm getting ready to go across Alligator Alley, which is this like hour and 15 minute stretch of no service whatsoever. And I get this text back from like 10, uh, 10 minutes later. It says hashtag ballistics matter. Mm. And I'm like, it was like for the first time in 30 years, like that light bulb went ding. Yeah. Like, OK, I, I had an idea to do something. I didn't know how I would accomplish it. But even more so, I had no vision. I had no name for it. I had no purpose. So the second he texted that, I texted him back and I said, dude, we're starting an apparel company. And he yeah. kind of laughed and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And by the time I got to the other side of, of Alligator Alley, I had purchased the website. 
I had purchased the business on Sunday. I mean, to my shock, no, I mean, I figured somebody in this country has got to own ballistics matter mm -hmm. and it wasn't there. So I bought them both. And when I got to the other side, I'd already designed like three shirts in my head and I'm trying to come up with this hollow point, you know, for, for the logo. And I'm looking at all these hollow points. I throw them on Canva. I throw them all together on this page, see which one pops out at me. I was like, I'll be damned if that doesn't look like a bouquet of flowers. Mm. So I'm sitting there just going in my head, like, what could I say? Like, dudes like flowers, guys like flowers. And I came up with just, you know, I, and I've heard the phrase before, but I heard men like flowers too. So I put this bouquet of, of hollow points on this page and I sent it to my buddy James, who kind of cleaned it up for me and, and got it all nice looking. By the time I came back, we had our first shirt. Yeah. And we kind of did it as like a novelty. Like, this will be funny. This will get some laughs. Mm -hmm. I'd say, you know, at this point in time, after six months, I'd say probably about 40% of our sales are that Men Like Flowers t-shirt. It's a good shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, whoa, what? Like, what? So I got in good with um, a printer through my buddy Greg down in Miami. And we worked out, you know, what type of, of materials we wanted to use. We did not want to just pump out cheap stuff just to, yeah. to have low cost and a high profit. We wanted to go for the nicer stuff. We got all these like nice next level, like super soft shirts and sweatshirts. We do direct to garment. We don't do the, the screen print. Mm. So it's just a nicer feel. It's We wanted the quality, but we wanted to have like a purpose. Right. And I remember telling Kevin, I was like, ballistics matter is so cool because yes, we're probably going to get some slack. People are going to think that it's like a derogatory name for whatever. It's not. There's a 0% chance that either of us would be that type of person. Right. But the name clicked. It stood out. My first thought was, this is going to catch people's eye. Yeah. This is going to get people's attention when they hear it. And the cool, the, you know, the, the whole cool part about how it all ties in is like, you know, ballistics is the study of, you know, a, the trajectory of a, of a projectile. So I look back at the last 20 years of my life and the trajectory I've been on and, you know, being able to focus, being able to aim, being able to pinpoint exactly what you're shooting for. It all just tied in and the name just happened. I mean, it literally fell in my lap and it, it's been a, a thrill so far because not only is it a cool name and it looks cool on shirts and all this stuff, but there's a purpose to it. There's right. a reason. So, you know, Kevin and I started talking about um, who could we help? Because I've been fighting the VA system for almost 14 years for benefits. You know, I jumped out of planes, my knees are blown, PTSD, migraines, the whole deal. Yeah. And I've been fighting this, you know, appeal after appeal after appeal. Like, what do I have to show you guys? Like, this happened in service. It's documented. What is so hard about this? But, you know, there's guys out there who can't be, they can't be employed. They can't get employment. They can't get housing right. because their situation is so bad, but they're caught in that gray area. They're caught in that, like, like that abyss in the middle where they can't get benefits either. So these guys who, who, who dedicated their lives and signed the dotted line to go serve their country, they, they've got no purpose in life. A lot of them have, you know, mental issues they're dealing with, physical issues they're dealing with. And they can't get any help from the government. And I said, that's BS, man. You know, I don't, at this point, I don't even care about my case, my situation. What can we do to help these guys? Because there's also thousands of veterans, you know, foundations out there. But and some of them are fantastic. I've worked with a couple of them, you know, Mission 22, Wounded Warrior, all these guys like we've done events. They're great. But a lot of these are just like, oh, here's a link. Here's a resource. 
I want to be someone who can get on the phone with these people and say, this is exactly what you need to do. When they tell you this, this is what you have to do. This is how you prove that you have this. Let's get past the red tape. Let's stop making this so freaking difficult for our veterans to get benefits, to get help. They're not looking for a paycheck. They're looking for help. Mm -hmm. They're looking for direction. And to me, it angers me because there's way too many of us out here suffering with this. So we've teamed up with a amazing foundation called um, Black Dagger Military Hunt Club. And they're out of Tampa. And what they do is they use sport clays, hunting trips, adaptive shooting, fishing to bring healing to veterans, to take them on these free trips, to get them out in the world and experience like that life can be fun. Yeah. And have a meaning. There is a brotherhood. There's a camaraderie right over here. There's a guy who went through very similar to what you're going through. And then there's a brotherhood. And now you've got a purpose because you've got friends that you're looking to. You've got events that you're looking forward to, and they're all paid for so that these guys get to go out and experience life again. So we're, we're sending, you know, 10% of our proceeds go to these guys, and we want to be involved with them in any way that we can. Um, you know, my, my big goal, my vision for this entire thing, if we blow up and become some huge, you know, fantastic apparel company, awesome. So be it. But that's not the purpose. This, to me, is a vessel to accomplish the mission. And the mission is to get these guys off the streets, to get them help, to get them medical help, get them mental help, get them a place to live, get them on solid feet so they can start, you know, producing for themselves and feel like they've got, you know, something to live for. Yeah. And if we can do that, and the obvious one to me that that kind of reigns above all of them is is preventing veteran suicide. Yes. Yes. I, I personally have dealt, you know, for the last, and you know, I, I try not to get controversial with it, but. I truly believe that, you know, having that no family history of, of diabetes in my family and becoming a type one diabetic, the only thing I've ever taken in my entire life was a malaria drug called mefloquine. There are now thousands of veterans out there who are trying to find out answers because in their 30s and 40s they're being diagnosed type one. And they took this, this drug called mefloquine or larium and not saying that's what it was, but it's pretty narrowed down to the to the suspects when right. when we've only taken one thing when we deployed. But what it does is it causes a mirror of the symptoms of PTSD. So there's depression, there's insomnia, there's you know mood swings, there's all these things that go on. But these guys are all getting diagnosed with PTSD, and the VA saying here's a bottle of pills and here's a therapist. But the problem is it's an actual chemical injury to the brain. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was able to hook up with a doctor called Remington Nevin with the Quinism Foundation. And, you know, researching this, I mean, there's a lot of people out there suffering with this. And when there's a chemical issue and a physical injury to the brain and they're being treated for a psychological issue, in, in my mind, in my opinion, that's why so many people are committing suicide. Mm. Because you're giving them a psychological, you know, remedy to something that's physical and it's an actual injury that's not being treated correctly with pills and, and, and counseling. Yeah. And that's my mission, man, is to get to the bottom of this. I want to dig it up. I, I don't care what has to be done, but I want to help these guys because they're worth living period. Oh no. Can you hear me? Yep. You're back now. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's the mission, man. These guys are, are, are worth it, and their lives are worth living. 
And whatever we got to do to get there to help as many of these veterans as we can and their families, that's the mission, brother. Well, first off, I tip my hat to you. Uh, it's, you know, as you know, you know me and you know OVF. Or at least you see it, right? You don't know me personally yet, although we're going to change that. Um, you know, that's kind of what we do here too, right? We saw a problem. We saw the community suffering and we took action. And so, brother, I tip my hat to you because the more of us that step up, the more of us that collaborate and work together, I truly believe is the only way we're going to switch what is currently the stigma and the the everyday acceptance of the veteran community right now. Um, you know, 22 a day. There's so much awareness around that. I can my my aunt who has never served a day in her life and has no connection to the military knows what 22 a day means, right? It doesn't mean like the awareness is there. And yep. so I I love that it's it's more than that, right? It's actually connecting them with something they would love, a hobby, going hunting, clay shooting, whatever it might be, grounding them again with their community, their brothers, their sisters, allowing them to work through. Because I couldn't agree more with you, man. You know, therapy and medication are helpful, but in this essence, they're a Band-Aid. We're not addressing yeah. anything. We're masking everything. And, and then we're not giving anybody the resources to actually deal with the trauma, the, the actual underlying demons. And so, yes, yeah, suicide goes through the roof, right? Um, you know, it, it's crazy. We actually have someone on the call with us right now. His name's Doc Dave. He runs the Warrior Clinic out of Colorado. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, he and I connected so well is that there's so much more to healing than just medicine, right? Than just pills, than just, you know, there's just, there's so much more to it. So I just want to tip my hat to you, say thank you so much. Um, you know, 30 minutes is never long enough. And I'm so grateful that, you know, you just dove into your story and shared so much with us. You know, I don't, I don't, and hopefully the, the audience agrees. I don't ever mind going over when you were that passionate, that centered, and that authentic about your mission and what you want to share, brother. Actually, real quick, caveat yeah. uh, for the viewers. If you guys want them to be longer than 30 minutes, if you found the value here tonight and just letting Mike talk and not restraining him by a time constraint, let me know. We can change the format. I enjoy these conversations. I don't need a time constraint. Um, I just do that because I understand how algorithms work. I'm also a marketer, right? So, uh, you know, let us know in the comments and, and brother, just thank you so much. Absolutely. I, will, I am going to rewatch this episode several times. You, your, your, your inspiration, your story, your value here tonight has been above and beyond anything I could have ever imagined this conversation being. So thank you. The comments have been blowing up all night. Thank you. One man. thing I do want to touch on because it was asked, it was asked and I want to make sure the people get what they asked for. How do they get their hands on your apparel? How do they grab some swag from you? Great question. Right now, it's ballisticsmatter.com. Perfect. That, that's our website. Um, we are actually teaming up this week with Mammoth Nation, which is a giant veteran-owned uh, or vet, veteran business um, platform um, to get the word out. So we're trying to get our name out there. We want to be known all over this country. We want veterans, law enforcement, military, anybody that's out there to see our stuff, see what we have, support the cause, help us give to these guys. And one thing I got to say, because I don't want to get in trouble. No, that's not the reason. One thing I want to throw in at the very end is just you touched on it is, is what 
an amazing influence and and support my wife has been you know after that divorce and and you know that spiral that so many veterans go through you know separation from the army separation from marriage it's tough and you know i swore it off i said never again never ever ever again I, i'll do this on my own and for the first time in my life i met somebody that i wanted i didn't need and that was the big key is that i got to know myself and you know this girl pushes me every day have you have you touched base with them have you got i mean she's she's relentless man in the best way possible so i had to give a quick shout out to her and you know just thank you for for being there and helping me accomplish what i wanted to accomplish and man thank you for having me on i i i appreciate your time so very much and uh i look forward to getting to know some of the people in here and and following the show brother I love it, brother. And again, just, you know, absolute gratitude for you for taking the time for being here. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, reach out, get more information about you, follow you on social media, hook up with some of your amazing training to help themselves feel more safer in today's society. How can they reach out to you to help to get in touch with you? Facebook, Instagram is Ballistics Matter. Okay. Ballistics Matter. My personal on Facebook is just Mike Collier. Instagram is the underscore real underscore MC underscore 7177. I got hacked a couple months ago and had to create a big one. So the real MC, if you go to my Facebook and you see Mike Collier, you'll see my Instagram handle on there um, yep. or username. So um, all that's on there. Everything's tied in together. But ballisticsmatter.com is the website. And if you or anybody is in Florida or you know someone who's in Florida that wants to take this class, it's about a four to five hour class. We do as as few as two people and as many as a hundred. Um, it's tactical-defense.com. Love it, brother. So one last time, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's been a blast chatting with you, and I, I'm sure we're definitely going to do it again here in the future. Um, for the viewer, thank you guys so much for being here. Whether you're watching it live with us and you can actually be here, I know life gets crazy, kids, family, job, all that. Sometimes you can't get here live. So if you're watching this on replay, please know if you're commenting below, what's your biggest takeaway, liking the video, all these things. We still go back, myself personally and my team, we go back, we look at those comments, we engage, we, we're reading what you're saying. So it's not just lost in the, the YouTube or the social media you know, realm. We actually see it. So we'd love to hear from you guys. If you found value here tonight, comment your biggest takeaway. And if you know a veteran who could benefit or anybody, honestly, who could benefit from hearing Mike's story here tonight, whether it's struggling with diabetes, they have a, if they have a family, a wife, a daughter, a mother, uh, or personally want to learn more about self-defense, this video is solid gold. Guys, share it with them. I would really appreciate it. Other than that, um, I am traveling next week, so next week will not be live. It will be a recorded video, but we'll still be dropping you guys some value. In fact, I'm dropping you guys the hidden episode that never aired from season one. Super exciting stuff. Don't miss out on it. Thank you guys so much for being here. And we'll see you guys next Thursday. Have a good one. Peace.